We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Thank Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, presented by DraftKings Week 3 Rankings, debate position by position. You want to know about a position? You hit the time codes. Easy stuff down in the description. Also down in the description, the links to all of the list of rankings. If you don't want to hear me yammer on or Seeley yammer on, you can just go look at the rankings. They're in order, too. No memento-style rankings here. It's one through wherever the hell it goes to. At quarterback, it goes through 32. That, I know. At running back, it's like 68 something you probably don't want to play number 68 or maybe you do maybe that's like the, the the hidden gem of the week running back number 68 reminder to everyone if you want to run your own projections it's super easy go to runthesims.com slash mayo you can get yourself 10 percent off all of the packages weekly monthly annual annual is the best deal but hey give it a shot on the weekly and you get the 10 percent off with the code and the listeners league for DraftKings is now open 3,500 spots this week. No rake, best tournament on DraftKings. It filled by Thursday morning last week. So if you want a spot, you're best off getting it right now. Okay. Jake Seeley from theathletic.com is here. Do you have any, besides Garrett Wilson, is there anyone like you've got to pick up off the waiver wire this week? Well, so it's interesting. I talked about that on my the, athlete, the All-In Football show. And I said that Chris Olave is right around 60, which means he's still out there in some leagues. But uh, John Dawson's like 40%. So like all three of them, all three of the rookies, I think, are in that conversation. Obviously, depending on when your waivers run, if James Conner's out, and I don't mean just one week. I mean multiple weeks, then Daryl Williams comes into play. But I think it's the big three rookies. Would you rather pick up Dotson or Curtis Samuel? I know Samuel's like he's just mm-hmm. above the threshold, but he is available in some leagues. And I, I go back and forth with it. I go back and forth with the fact that, like, look, Carson Wentz isn't going to attempt 40-plus passes every our, single our, game. No, 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 no. We'll get to Wentz here in a second, but here's the Wentz corollary to everything. I put it out on Twitter, talked about it in the waiver show on Monday. Go check that out when I break it down. But this is mainly for DraftKings purposes, but I think it might work for your season-long team as well. You know how you can, like, stack up a quarterback tight end and, like, bring someone back the other way? Yeah. Yeah, you play Carson Wentz in the opposing defense and just get points bonanza. Of course, I saw I saw you tagged uh, Barons and me on that tweet yesterday when you're like go grab or two days ago now when you're talking about picking up the Eagles defense and I saw that. But but have you not seen Carson Wentz and how the Eagles defense and like just we talk about this every single year is the turnovers are what you want for the potential there. So look, I, I just said like there will be days where Carson Wentz doesn't throw two picks and maybe he only attempts thirty pass. The point I'm getting to here is there will be days where all three of them don't hit. Actually, Terry McLaurin was the worst one because he didn't score a touchdown last week but i'd still go mclaurin i i give the slight lean to dotson over samuel but i think it's super close only because dotson's out there more and dotson runs the two wide if they ever only go two and not three uh although they're near the top of the league in 11 set so 
that's what it comes down to. But I, I'd want both. I want to find a way for both of them. It's just like the people out there, like who do I, Garrett Wilson, who do I drop? And I'm like, you know what? Drop the Tyra Lockett's and the Robbie Andersons and those of the world. Go for the upside, as you always say. Yeah, if you're not playing the guys that you're considering dropping, like there's a reason that you're not playing them. They're not going to crack it. Now, if you end up with an injury, maybe you want the higher floor type player. But if it's for a bench spot, take the guy with the highest possible upside who might supplant and usurp your wide receiver too right. by the end of the year. Like that's what you're shooting that's, for with your bench. That's what I got in a discussion. Somebody was like, why do you have Jacoby Myers further down the wide receiver list when you said he's a wide receiver three? I said, because that's all he ever is. He's just, he's a wide receiver three. If you need somebody to start, if you have a lot of injuries or something went haywire and you need to drop somebody, you put coach Jacoby Myers as your wide receiver three and half a full point PPR and you're happy. But the difference is, yeah, because I compared him to Robbie Anderson and DJ Chark. They're the twos. It, like, it doesn't, it's actually been one good week and one bad week for both of them. But in a world, there could be a, like, they could continue to progress on both teams and maybe they turn into top 25. Robbie Anderson has been top 25. DJ Chark has been top 25. You know what Jacoby Myers has never been? Top 25. It's funny. Over those two guys, I would ra- actually rather have Myers than those two scrubs. In full PPR. In any in any standard leagues, I'd rather have No, Myers. because you, what you just said, if they're on my yeah, bench. Yeah, I don't want them, I'd but rather I just, just... you pick two guys that I absolutely do not want. Oh, okay. So, But but you, you understand know, the I point. Compl- that I mean. completely get what you're saying. No, I just wanted to give you shit on that one. Like, I'd stash, I'd stash Joshua Palmer before Jacoby Myers. Yeah, if it's for stash purposes only, yeah. Yes, but the yes. thing with the thing with Myers is depending on how big your league is, like you're gonna play him probably. That and that's what yeah, exactly. So that's the differentiator there is if you need to start him, then yeah, sure, Myers is fun. But for your point, if it's purely bench and you never played him and never will, just go for the upside guy. Let's go to the running back rankings for week number three. Jonathan Taylor, Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, Austin Eckler, DeAndre Swift at number five. Nice performance by Swift in a quote limited role last week. Unfortunately, <laughs> Pat didn't buy into that. Leonard Fournette, Joe Mixon, Derrick Henry, Najee Harris, and Tony Gibson coming in at number 10. I don't think that Brian Robinson is going to be back this week. There's no No. James Conner in these rankings as of right now. He still could play, I guess. I just don't envision that happening. But that's where we're going with the top 10 right now. Jake, here's the sneaky little thing. Why are all the running backs bad? All of them. (laughs) I don't know that they're all bad. All bad, except for Nick Chubb when he scores three touchdowns. I mean, even Nick Chubb is fine. Like I would actually feel better about Nick Chubb than Dalvin Cook at this point. Maybe I. I mean, I don't love Chubb this week against the Steelers. That's sort of an issue. Mm, I could see where you're going with that, but you could also get the flip side of where they pulled the same thing we just saw last week, and hopefully don't give it up at the end of the game and decide to stop playing defense. But where because of Pittsburgh's offensive struggles, especially in the offensive line, that they have that game and are able to grind out the clock with Nick Chubb. But yeah, look. It, this is the conversation you have with me, what, every single week for the past however many years we've been doing this, is you go all the way down to Nick Chubb at 15, and it's kind of like, all right, do you want to put Chubb at 10 and Gibson at 13? Fine, whatever, do what you want to do. You're starting all 15 of these guys, even though there's been a lot of inconsistency. Although, shouldn't Leonard Fournette be number one? He promised the touchdowns were coming. He said, stick with me, fantasy people, like our people are going to go drop him. I won 4K on DraftKings last week, and if Gibson and Fournette had done anything, I probably would have won 150K. So I'm going back oh to Fournette. God. He owes me. Uh, Gibson owes me. I had an amazing – because I had the Bateman-Lamar Jackson stack, and I had Logan Thomas for tight end. I, I see. You, you didn't I do a, it right. You didn't do it right. The stack – I mean, the the, the – Wentz, The Wentz pullback? No, no. I, I was on the same thing as you. You just didn't do it enough. I had Lamar, Bateman, Andrews, Hill and Waddle all in the same lineup. No, see, I had Waddle too. I don't know. Actually, I got to check with Joe because I did it over with him and whether or not I put Hill or Waddle and I forget the lineup, but I did have that, but I, I didn't go as heavy as you did. Yeah, well, I mean, this the super stack is where you want to be on DraftKings. I almost took down my own league. I would have won the golf and football in like a three-week stretch. Would have been fantastic. What uh, happened to what's-his-face with the Washington stack? Your, your boy. Oh, my. Leone. Leone. Uh, well, Leone won the Thunderdome. He won like 150K. Uh, Matt, that's what I was wondering. Matt, Matt Moody ended up coming second in mind. Someone ended up catching him by the end of the day. I forget who it was. Someone who went off in the mm-hmm. late games and his defense. And here's a perfect example about that defense thing. Cause I got into this conversation on that same thread with someone where like, if you take a look at like the Packers defense versus the Falcons defense last week, where the Falcons scored 16 points and the Packers scored nine. Like, no one is denying that the Packers played better defense than the Falcons. Right. But the Bears, what, they attempted 10, 11 passes or something like that? It's hard to score <laughs> fantasy points. And 
I, I think that people get it twisted in their minds that, yeah, listen, Jacksonville scored 22 points last week. They shut them out. How often does a defense shut out someone? So if you're not giving up it's, three points or zero points, who cares how many points you give up? I could not agree more. Like you said, the, the shutouts rarely happen anymore. And that's what I was sitting there looking at, too. So I, I was actually texting with somebody in the flex leagues. He's like, oh, man, I didn't drop the Chargers defense between, before Thursday night. I guess I'm rolling with no defense. I really wanted the Packers. I'm like, you're not missing out on much. He's like, they're going to stomp the – I was like, yeah, sure. They're going to stomp the Bears, but the defense isn't going to do a whole lot. No, and like the Bears the Bears are going to be a tough team to play de- fantasy defenses against until they start throwing more because they're pretty efficient running the ball, which does not lead to fantasy points whatsoever. So that 11 to 20 range right now, as we take a look at it, it goes Dalvin Cook, Aaron Jones, Javante Williams, David Montgomery, Nick Chubb, as you mentioned at number 15, Josh Jacobs, Jeff Wilson, uh, Tyrion David Price has a high ankle sprain. He's out. So now we're up to who's the other loser that they have? Mason. Jordan Mason. Jordan Mason. Anyway, don't forget, return of the Mac. He's back. Marlon Mack signed with them? Yeah, they signed him off the practice squad. And so I can see him being elevated this week. Just everybody's going to go bananas on waivers. Yeah, Clyde Edwards-Alaire at 18. AJ Hotfire Dylon, five best running backs of all time. Hotfire Dylon. And then Michael Carter at number 20. It's kind of crazy to think that Michael Carter, despite like bringing in Brees Hall, Brees Hall scoring touchdowns that Michael Carter just continues to be the better fantasy running back. It does. I'm worried that this is going to start pivoting though. That's the only concern. Like I, I don't disagree that Michael Carter has been great and you know how I feel about Michael Carter, but the usage in that game sort of feel like it's going to be slow. I don't think it's going to happen one week and all of a sudden we're going to see a 70, 30 split. And I don't even think it ever gets to 70, 30. I think it might just be 65, 35, 60, 40 at best. But in that second game, we've already seen it starting to push a little bit back towards, or not, I guess back is what I've had happen at one point, starting to now push towards Brees Hall a little bit. Uh, yeah, listen, Brees Hall, you could potentially play both of them. I think the biggest thing with Michael Carter is that when they need to pass, which the Jets love to do with Joe Flacco, Carter's the one out there. <laughs> I know that Hall had the receiving touchdown, but just look at the routes run and the targets it's disparity between Carter and Hall, and it just very much leans Carter. Oh, yeah, definitely. And then you're facing the Bengals, which you would assume can get their offense. And I know you just, that offensive line was supposed to be, remember Lael Collins promising that he had a new protector in town and oh, yeah. nothing was no, going to no, happen? No, no, no. I, I mean, I, I will refer everyone to my AFC win total show as we went over the Bengals and like just the assumptions that we make about free agent signings and one improved unit over another unit, it just my entire case for the Bengals under this year, it's like, well, they, why don't they sign these guys? That's great. Do we think that their offensive line is actually any better? It's like, how do we know that? We don't. It's not like they went out and got Trent Williams. No, but I will say this. And I said this on my show today, Pat. It's like the same thing with everybody coming from Nathaniel Hackett. And for good reason. Nathaniel Hackett's looked awful through the first two weeks. Called a timeout because they didn't have somebody back to return the punt. This is new regimes, new offensive lines. Those both, thing, both of those things take some time. The Bengals potentially having a capable offensive line by week five as they continue to gel would not shock me. It looks gross so far. But the Giants were in the same situation, and theirs is gelled already. It took, like, week one, if everybody remembers, out of the gate against the Titans, that first half, Giants' offensive line looked abysmal, and they've started to progress together. Give the Bengals some time before we completely write them off for dead. I'm not saying your under bet is wrong. I'm saying, like, as in people panicking about Joe Burrow and Mixon and this offense. Similar to, I'm not panicking about Russell Wilson and that offense. New quarterback on a new team and a new regime. These things don't always happen overnight. And not everybody's Sean McVay. Some people need a few weeks. Uh, I have Eckler at number four in the rankings right now. That's assuming that Justin Herbert is going to play. So just keep an eye on that one. Although I think he'd still be a top 10 option, probably number six or something like that. Should Chase Daniel have to go for them? Are you worried about Derrick Henry at all? No, not at all. It's the first game was the fluky Hilliard catches against the giants. No linebacker defense. And then last week or last night, depending on when you're watching this, the like they sat everybody in the third quarter because the bills had run rough shot over him already. Uh, I would say I would play swift over Eckler at this point. I mean, that's a nitpicky thing, but you remember I said this to you in the preseason. I was concerned about Eckler's workload that they've been trying and trying and trying to ease up on him. Uh, it's just not as guaranteed as it used to be. No, I can see that. Uh, I mean, Jacksonville per DVOA is the third best team in football. Did you know that? 
I told you I love Jacksonville this year. I'm with you on loving Jacksonville. But, like, I think if this – I mean, it works one of two ways because we talk about this a lot. If the game is a blowout, weirdly, there are a few running backs I don't think that that favors. Like, the Titans are blowing someone out. Derrick Henry has 40 fantasy points. That's just the way that it works. If the Chargers blow someone out, Eckler may not. He tends to put up his best performances fantasy-wise in tighter games when they have to use him in the passing game. Yeah, you're you're 100% right. So, uh, but I think that's that, why. this is like, going to be a competitive game. So that's why I like Eckler. I do too. But the, the usage of Swift being hurt and still getting that work is that's again, I'm nitpicking. I told you the top through 15, you're starting them anyway. You're probably starting at this, but we haven't had that many running backs. Like, granted, you joked and said like they all suck. And there's been some frustrating running backs so far, but at least really the only team that's dealing with significant injuries are the 49ers that keep dropping running backs. Everybody else has been okay so far. Yo, if you had to redraft right now, knowing what we know two weeks into the season, would the first mm-hmm. five picks all be wide receivers? No, because you still have this. The look, Jamar Chase just had a down game. Justin and so Jefferson did Jefferson, just had and so a down did Adams. Game. But yeah. like between yeah. those three, Cup and Diggs, and fuck, I'm on Ross St. Brown at this point. Like, like these guys <laughs> I'm on are. St. Brown's the first rounder at this point. Yeah, if but I like, could go I, back, I just put, you it, was... put, it, put it this way. Like, I would still take McCaffrey number one solely based on the theory that he's healthy. That's great news. And he's been god awful, like in real life through two games. He's still just like one of, still one of the best fantasy still... running backs. Saquon Barkley. Yeah, same, same thing. I think you could, I think you could argue, argue Barkley over Taylor right now because of how bad Matt Ryan's been for that offense so far. But I can still see those three in the mix with Cup. I mean, you can make an argument for Cup number one right now, and I wouldn't even argue with you. We sat here for years talking about that. Go back to the Antonio Brown days. This is my argument. I actually referenced something from you, Pat, this preseason Ooh. when people were like – coming for Cooper Cup is in, oh, the number one wide receiver. How many times does that happen? I was like, hey, let's go back to Antonio Brown who finished 1-1-2-2 one, one, two, two for four straight years. And you tell me you wouldn't have taken him number one because that was the argument Pat Mayo made at the time. So I even referenced you in that. But I think you could go Cup and then McCaffrey, Barkley, Taylor, and then come back with Jefferson and Chase. But I think that you would see if we drafted today, uh, Diggs and Adams probably creep into the first round. Probably somebody would take him on Ross St. Brown, which I wish I could go back and keep him for eight instead of keeping Jonathan Taylor for 50 in my home league. Seriously. Number 21 in the rankings is going to be, let's see here, Kareem Hunt. And that's another reason why I have Chubb a little bit down. I think where this is a tougher game to run in, that Hunt does get a little bit more work out of the receiving back. They probably split a little bit more. I'm always open to being wrong, Jake. This happens. James Robinson, number 22. That awful Mark Ingram, assuming no Elvin Kamara at number 23. (laughs) Devin Singletary, Damian Pierce, who looked awesome last week, by the way. But he looked... Yeah, we said the shoe was going to drop. I wasn't expecting it to go, boom, done in one week for Rex Burkett. Yeah, just done. Yeah, I guess... What the hell were they doing week one, then? I... Sending a message, the same thing with Cam Akers, sending a message. Good, smart move. Daryl Henderson, 26. Tony Pollard, 27. Cordero Patterson, 28. Zeke, 29. Daryl Williams, who is presumably the starter for the Arizona Cardinals in the wake of no James Conner. As of right now, again, these these rankings update. If James Conner is active, I will put him in the rankings. Swear God. That's why you need to go to DK Nation or just bookmark. I mean, I tweeted out like 30,000 times throughout the week. Just sub to the newsletter. It's the easiest way to find all of the updated content and all the hyperlinks to everything. But I have Daryl Williams at number 30. It's not that I don't believe in Daryl Williams, but I just do think that, especially against the Rams, that we're going to see some Eno Benjamin here as well. Okay. I can say, yeah, I think you know, I compared Eno Benjamin to Kenneth Gamewell on my show. It's like they, their yeah. roles just stay the same. They're, they're, they're who they are. And then maybe it upticks about 10%, maybe 20% at most if the lead goes down. Like if Miles Sanders went down, we know it's Boston Scott. Kenneth Gamewell might see a little bit more. Same situation here. Eno Benjamin probably sees a little bit more, but they are who they are in their role. It might just expand a little bit. They're not going to take the full lead role. Uh, I'm going to let you finish because I do have one I want to come back on. All right, yeah. So just to kind of run through the rest of them up here right now, uh, 31 through 40, ETN, Edmund Sanders, Damian Harris, who's dealing with an injury, but he says he's fine. So monitor that status. Uh, Sideshow Raheem Colonel Mostart, who was running downhill against the dollar against the ravens it was quite a sight to see but i don't know how that usage is going to go week to week with all of them uh benjamin melvin gordon Ramondre stevenson Brees hall and Kenyon drake i'm gonna uh, guess you think that Brees hall should be a lot higher no i mean i do think Brees hall should be closer to michael carter but the one i was going to mention so yes actually to answer your question yes that's not the person i was going to bring up uh the one i was going to bring up is i think that daryl henderson and cam Akers should be a lot closer here's the thing Cam Akers, 
more touches, more rushing opportunities. Daryl Henderson was seeing the passing game work. He got that touchdown at the goal line after they called the timeout when Cam Akers was originally on the field for that play. And I'm not saying that's not concerning because it is concerning that Daryl Henderson did see the green zone work as well as Cam Akers did. And in these kind of situations, when we compare him to Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson, you want the guy with the goal line touches unless you're projecting a pass-happy game, which would point to Daryl Henderson. So I think that comes down to how do you see this game? I think Arizona's offense is so broken right now that I think the Rams should be in control. I think this will be a 60-40 Akers split. But I think they should be – I'm not going to say Akers should be over Daryl Henderson. I just think they should, both those teams should be very close. I would have the Jets and the Rams running backs within like five spots of each other. Uh, I'm still confident at this moment, especially with the you know opponent in the Bengals, who I do think score points that we're going to see more Michael Carter. I feel confident about that. Essentially, this ranking is do it. Can I dodge a Brees Hall touchdown? And I think that if I'm going to okay. play a 50 50 game and something like that, I think it's more than 50%. He doesn't score a touchdown. So I'll take the safety of Michael Carter, who could end up with like six, seven catches in this game. But let's re rank these guys then because i'm i'm with you on that listen you know how we i love cam Akers just as much as you took a lot of heat and it started to be like oh maybe he's not dead uh turns out you <laughs> like if you picked him up off the waiver wire after week one oh everyone dropped him you might be in a decent spot here as the season goes along but i have henderson right now at number 26, 26. in the rankings and i have acres in the 40s where do you think are better spots for those guys i'd play acres over trying to figure out that Mostert situation. I, like maybe they took a week for them. To, maybe it was just like, hey, Mostert needs to get into the mix of things and feel comfortable for him to be the lead guy. But I don't want to screw around with the Chase Evans Mostert thing until we get a, a third sampling here well, against well, here, a tough here, defense. Here, here's the problem with that situation in general that when the Dolphins were down by 21 in that game, it's like, oh, here we go, Chase Edmonds time. No, no, no. And it wasn't. It wasn't Chase Edmonds' time, but like that is the right. per- like that is the perfect situation to use Chase Edmonds uh, based on what we know about Chase Edmonds. But it actually worked in their favor playing Monster because, like I said, he was running downhill. They just didn't think the Dolphins were going to run. And every first down, it's like, hey, give it to Monster. He's going to get eight, nine yards. And now you're <laughs> actually set up for those deep bombs down the field. It's actually a really super savvy strategy. But I just it feels like the Bills are going to score fifty points. So I would expect more Edmonds I- on the field. I would too, but that situation just feels eh. Like I would play Hull and Acres over the second half of that backfield over most. I would, I would have put them back basically right behind Damian Harris, 35, 36, and then go Mostert, Benjamin, Gordon, Stevenson, and so forth. All right. So 35, 36 for Hall and Acres. Okay. I can get on board with that. So Henderson at number 26, does he come down like. I'd still rather play I don't Henderson. have a problem with him there because you, it's Tony Pollard in the back half of his field. You, Cordero Patterson, like you just let him bell cow week one because Damian Williams got hurt. And you know, I like Talia Algier as a stash, but Algier did not look very good in that game. And yet they still 50 50 split him with Patterson. It was just like, what the hell is going on there? And then Zeke and Daryl. So, no, I don't. I think Daryl Henderson's okay where he is. Should I move Daryl Henderson ahead of Zeke because Zeke is absolute dust? Mm, you have Daryl Henderson, or you mean Daryl Williams? Yeah, Daryl Williams, sorry. Uh, against the Giants, I I stick with Zeke. But, like, they shut down McCaffrey <laughs> until, like, the very end of that game. But that's the thing. is like their their defense still doesn't feel that consistent. It, it doesn't, but, Zeke, but it's not like Zeke's out there getting 25 carries. And he sucks. And you're right, but, and I mean, like, but Daryl Williams. just one problem, Jake. You know it. He's not any good. <laughs> He's not any good. Uh, so Daryl with one L, by the way. You have two in there. Don't forget that. It's Daryl with one L because right, he wants I'll, to spell his name. I'll make, I'll make that note just, for you. <laughs> just before anybody comes for you. You know who's Daryl Williams? Uh, it's Arizona at home against the Rams. I don't know. Like I'm moving would it him shock up. me if I'm moving him up. He's going to 29. Zeke's falling back to 30. Screw Fine. that guy. I, I was just gonna say, but would it shock you if Eno Benjamin had the better game? No, it wouldn't. But him. I bet. I mean, if you're okay. asking me to start one of them, I'm starting Williams. Okay. Well, there you go. Are you going to answer your like, own question? Do you think you could find anyone out there, just objectively, who would say that you should play Benjamin over Williams the the first week we know nothing about this? No, I would actually. You know what? I probably play Daryl Williams over Cordero Patterson. He's facing the Seahawks. That game's going to be over in thirty minutes. <laughs> unders, unders <laughs> with the Seahawks. <laughs> you know they haven't even run a hundred plays yet. That's insane. The Green Bay Packers at halftime of Sunday night football had more plays on the season than the Seahawks had through two games. That's kind of nuts to think about. Isn't it? 
You know who I actually thought looked really good? Ken Walker. But there's three people. They're using Travis Homer as the passing down back instead of Rashad Penny. No, I know. I understand it's that. A, it's a full-blown committee, and nobody had more than seven touches. <laughs> no, no. I, I'm not saying to play Ken Walker, but just like him, oh, no, I know. him on the field. I was like, oh, he's coming back from this hernia. I was like, who the hell is that guy? He's super fast getting to the outside. Chris Carson. It, it reminded me a lot of when Daryl Henderson first came in. He was using that limited role that every time he was able to hit the edge, it was like, holy shit, he's fast. <laughs> I, you know, it's who I had that reaction to was last night's game when Boston Scott got that carry in like the fourth, third or fourth quarter. You're talking about shot out of a cannon. That I don't know what it was about that one play, but holy crap! I, I, I turned my buddy. I was like, did they just run like a sub four on that play? Let's move to the wide receivers. That's going to be the move let's that we're it. going to do right now. Okay. And we got. Let's see here. Oh, Cooper Cup. He's number one. Big shocker there. <laughs> That's uh, all the guys we just kind of mentioned earlier. Justin Jefferson, Steph Diggs, Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams, one, two, three, four, five. Then we're into Jamar Chase, Amon Ra St. Brown, Jalen Waddell, AJ Brown, Debo Samuel, and that goes into Michael Pittman at number 11 if he plays. Obviously, right. big shocker here, Jake. I'm not going to play him if he doesn't play. After that, uh, Mike Williams, <laughs> assuming no Keenan Allen, Christian Kirk. <laughs> Deontay Johnson, Portland Sutton, Terry McLaurin, Brennan Cooks, Michael Thomas, Amari Cooper, and Rashad Bateman round out the top 20 this week into week three. Uh, do you have a case against any of these guys not being a top, top 20, 20 wide receiver? Amari mm, Cooper, maybe. He was good against last week. That. He was. And this is why I like Amari Cooper for the volume. I just didn't like the fact that targeted living hell out of donovan people's jones in the first week yeah it's it, uh, turns, so. it turns out some of us myself mainly may have overreacted to week one <laughs> so i i look i sat here in the preseason as one of the biggest yellers and proponents of amari cooper but i would play t higgins in front of him i don't know about lamb i would probably play gabriel davis in front of him but that's probably where I stop. Yeah, that's so it's sort, just a few spots. That's sort of a hedge because I don't know whether or not Davis is going to play. Obviously, he's sad on Monday night. It's going to be a short week turnaround for him. He wasn't. Well, there. and here's the interesting thing too. So we saw you and I have talked about this throughout the years. I've talked about it on my show, you know, written about it. Is that you know we sit here and we talk about how why NFL teams don't just use their number one corner on the number two guy, and then eliminate him from the game. And then double cover the top guy. And even if he does well, it's still only one guy. It was the Cooper Cup method where the Bills did. The Giants just did it. The Giants put Adoree Jackson on Robbie Anderson instead of DJ Moore. And then DJ Moore did his thing, but still wasn't enough. So why I bring that up is to say Gabriel Davis in that situation against Miami, they have the corners to potentially eliminate Gabriel Davis from that game and just say, all right, let Stefan Diggs do Stefan Diggs. I mean, it's the Bills, so they have 8 billion options. But you see my point there. So I think he's risky even coming back from injury, so I'm not going to nitpick too much there. I do like the fact that you have Debo back inside the top 10 because I, – I, I, I See, it's funny because we've talked about like sort of like the, the anti-Debo case, and a lot of it just had to do with Trey Lance and stealing those right. rushing attempts, right. goal line attempts. Jimmy G is just not going to do that, and he's more likely to throw it to Debo too, as we saw once Jimmy G came in the game. A hundred percent. And that run last year where I kept arguing for Elijah Mitchell with you, and that was your pushback is that Trey Lance was going to take some of the potential rushing touchdowns from Elijah Mitchell. But that run of games where I referenced the 27 carries, the 20 carries, the 24, it was always 20 plus happened while Debo was doing Debo things. And who was the quarterback, Pat? It was Jimmy Garoppolo. So everything's back to sunshine and roses with San Francisco. Uh, 21 to 30. 30 in the rankings just to scroll through these guys because you've mentioned them already t higgins cd lamb gabe davis drake london brandon Ayuk, another benefactor of jimmy g coming back under center in san francisco hunter renfro turns out week one may have just been an aberration that maybe he's fine <laughs> curtis samuel who i was way too down on last week i've, I've learned my lesson that was now, too. now he's gonna I, pull yeah i was too i know he only has two hamstrings but he might pull like eight this week he, he's on too good of a run right now <laughs> that's why they're not playing him on the full complement of snaps by the way uh russell russell gage is 28 garrett wilson 29 dj Moore number 30 i have gage up here at number 28 Solely because Mike Evans is suspended. He's not playing. We don't know if Julio's playing. He's probably not. And Godwin is out. So that leaves Scotty Miller, Brashad Perriman, Cameron. He's bright. And Russell Gage, the only like competent players on this team. Well, and last week, you know, I had Gage in the 30s. And Gage, the process was right. And the result was half right. He had the targets. He had the receptions. 
It's just the yard sucked ass. So I, I'm with you. I, I would go back to Gage. I think that Gage is still in the 30s, even if Julio plays, where Julio would be kind of in those 20s. I agree with you. I've been wrong on Curtis Samuel. I had him as the third best for last week, thinking that, you know, again, he's running the fewest of the three. still plenty. But my, Pat, my question here for you, because I want to get you prepared, and I know you're good friends with Tim. So why do you hate Garrett Wilson? I mean, listen, what's he going to do every single week? Maybe if the Jets, yes, do end up passing 45 times a game, there's enough there for him. But let's not pretend. Maybe he is the most talented of all of the receivers. But let's not act like Elijah Moore, who went MIA the past two weeks, isn't going to be involved. Let's not pretend like Corey Davis isn't going to be involved. They're throwing to Michael Carter a ton into the backfield. And Tyler Conklin's getting like eight targets a game right now. Like, There's only so much <laughs> that can go around that if you're not scoring two touchdowns, it might be a problem. I feel like there is a desire to overrank him this week based on the performance he had in a tougher matchup last week. But it's mm-hmm. not that I'm not buying it. It's just I want to get too hyped too quickly. I could not agree more. I am buying Elijah Moore everywhere I can. The amount of people asking if they should drop him in my waiver column this week, Pat, was shocking. Like, that's why I even tweeted about it. I was like, when I see that many people asking the same question, there was a lot of, do I drop him and do I drop DK Metcalf? Uh, For reference, 91% route run for Elijah Moore. For comparison, Garrett Wilson, 65%. Corey Davis, 72%. Not that Garrett Wilson isn't going to pass Corey Davis. Corey Davis doesn't even have a relevant game if the Browns didn't fall asleep on that one play. But all that being said, and I drew the comparison of people being worried about Kyle Pitts, Kyle Pitts is running 81% snaps. It's going to change for Garrett Wilson, but he's clearly the third Are you saying that Kyle Pitts might end up seeing more targets in the future when Drake London stops seeing a 50% team target share? (laughs) I know it's shocking. I know it's shocking, but yes, it, it it is true, Pat. I mean, I think I have Drake London at, where the hell do I have him here? Number 24? Yeah, 20, 24. Mm-hmm. He's good, by the way. He is really. I told you, best in class. Love him. I mean, I'm Mariota, just... But Mariota stinks as a quarterback, remember, Pat? Like, oh. remember Rashard Matthews? Wide receiver 18 that year. Oh, my God, man. Like, uh... Atlanta's been winning me so much money, although they're 0-2. Like, they're not bad at all. Like, they could be 2-0. Oh, not, you they, said They could have won that one. Rams game. Now, granted, they were down by a ton. They should have won week one. Like, I, I mean, we're going to get to the spread show on Wednesday morning, but, like, Atlanta plus two against Seattle is easily my best bet. Oh, they're plus two? Yeah, they're underdogs against Seattle. Wow. Like, they've been very competent on both sides. Like, they got lit up by the Rams. That's going to happen. The Rams are going to light teams up. What a shocker. But, like, their offense is good. It is. Like, look, Mariota's a capable quarterback. He's not terrible. He's not Nathan Peterman. He's not even Daniel Jones. He's capable, man. Yeah, he's like the good Daniel Jones based on his profile. (laughs) Daniel Jones is horrible, by the way. Thank you. I don't know why it took everybody five years. I'm not saying you. I don't know why it took everybody five years to come around on this. I don't know. This they, is why I'm so annoyed that the Giants squeaked out two wins is because they need a new quarterback. They're going to screw around and go seven and 10. And then they're going to overdraft and take that Will Levis kid or Van Dyke from Miami instead of getting straight. Anyway, I'm not, that, we're not talking about the Giants. Now. Let's go. All right. Let's move to the 31. Speaking of New York. Sorry, Pat. But thank you, Tim. I saw your two bets. I saw them over the weekend. Oh, my God. Were those the two most glorious bets that Tim guaranteed everybody this weekend? It was amazing. The Mike, the Mike Williams nine to one same game parlay. And then, Tim, who's not going to score the first touchdown on Sunday night? Well, Justin Fields has no chance. Immediately bet it. Everyone bet it, too. It was great. I know. I was watching. I saw you say, well, I'm pulling that one up. 22 to one. Done. 31 to five. 40 in the wide receiver rankings we got jacoby myers your boy at number 31 uh it's a great i mean after watching what the dolphins just did not with the deep passes but how they picked away at them early with those like five yard slants over the middle to both sides it's gonna be the jacoby myers route all day and he's gonna be wide open because you know what the thing about the barthamal defense is what it's not any good. Well, they, well, it is good. Just they're missing like eight starters at this point. Well, yeah, that's, yeah. So Myers, DK, Metcalf, Alan Lazard, Tyler Lockett, Noah Brown, Dorch, human Dorch. Let's go. Rashad Perriman, Jerry Judy, who I expect to play with this rib injury. We'll see. We'll see how that goes. Uh, Cause they were using creative players at wide receiver after a while and hall of fame quarterback kendall hinton was out there that was great uh, hollywood brown and jihad dotson that's followed by devonta smith juju jervis landry josh palmer the, the corpse of adam thiel and isaiah mckenzie sterling Shepard, who's actually been really good 
at least in terms of volume, uh, Allen Robinson, yeah. Elijah Moore, Traylon Burks, and then you got like Zacchaeus, Julio Jones, just a bunch of the guys that you really hope that you don't have to play. But I mean, I have Dotson at 40. Is that too low? I, I mean, it kind of is. I think I'd still go over Perriman because he's like touchdown or bust. But he might not be. That all depends on the injury report. Like if I, if I, with Evans and Godwin out, I could see Perriman being the second. I don't know. I don't know. Second, maybe. I don't know. Uh, Tom Brady loves him some of the slant. So yeah, but Scotty eh. Miller only tries to catch passes with one hand every time he drops. <laughs> I still goes to Scotty Miller way too many times though. He loves, he just he loves does, going like, to him. It's like he has a bet with someone that he can make every catch with one arm tied behind his back. <laughs> well, so Dotson, I think I still play over Lockett too. It just because I, it, it could be a DK Metcalf week. It could be the fact you just talked about Atlanta wins, take the under that game's going to be a, grinded out in three hours and not four so well, it, i would play him over is it so much that dotson's underranked at 40 or lockett is overranked at 34 both okay Why not both so so lockett what's a better spot for lockett in these rankings then do you think i'd play him uh, i would slide him all the way down by like the oh, Landry Thielen ter- territory i'd still play him over Thielen. would you play jarvis landry or would you play tower lockett lock it barely all right so one spot behind juju one spot ahead of jervis landry and i'd move devonta smith up eh, i don't know about that uh, for the matchup yeah it just i i feel like that's gonna be so i the upside of aj brown it, it almost feels like hurts is, it's a lot like the trey lance thing where hurts is gonna run so much and it seems like goddard's just penciled into whatever the hell he gets every single week that only you're going to have games where they both play really well, but it feels like only one of them. That's can... why I think this could be one of them. I, well, I feel like in this game, like I, with the Eagles in every game, that only one of them is going to go off. And Devonta Smith doesn't really ever go off. He just has a good game like he had on Monday night where AJ Brown can go off and win you a week. <laughs> sure. And I, so that's interesting that you have Marquise Brown very close to him too. Cause everybody panicked after week one. I was like, Marquise Brown is, that's what they are. They Devonta Smith is, this, this is what, this is what they do. They're going to leave you hanging some weeks. Obviously if uh, Michael Gallup plays, you're going to s- slide down Noah Brown. Or do you think Noah Brown stays the number two until. No, I, I actually Gallup have Gallup in speed. the rankings. I believe he's just way down in the rankings because only because all the reports came out and said that like, Hey, he might be active this week. We still don't know that for a fact. And when he comes back, like he's definitely not playing a ton. <laughs> <laughs> that's true too so who else like alan robinson and yeah, it's still like the target share is not there yet elijah moore we just t- t- talked him up and you have him way down i mean i have him way down i mean i only had wilson at 30 yeah but i would play elijah moore over thielen thielen didn't get anything until garbage time last night yeah that was kind of crazy right so I'm gonna, I'm gonna move dotson up to one spot behind greg dorch i love greg dorch and that's assuming rondell moore <laughs> Misses the week again. He's, he was he. Tri- I think Rondell Moore could have got pipped, man. I don't know that. I don't know that Dorch isn't necessarily the number two until Hopkins gets back. Well, I mean, Rondell Moore is not running the routes that Dorch is running. Like, right? Dorch has basically taken AJ Green's job. Although Green ended up with the touchdown yeah. at the end of the game, he's still out there. But like Rondell right. Moore is just there. Like, I feel like Rondell Moore is more of a threat to Eno Benjamin than anyone else. <laughs> True, and I'm at that's. But that's what I meant. I meant pipped as in the number two target share. I don't think Rondell Moore is getting there now. How available is DeAndre Hopkins? Mm, in leagues? Yeah. Like 20% uh, I mean, I could, available? I, could, uh, I would actually estimate a little bit higher because you got you got to remember, if, if we go off Yahoo, which a lot of people leave as the default settings for two wide receivers, and then you can't plug them in your IR, no, you win. Price is right. Although you technically went over, so he's, 80, he's 16% available. Yeah, he should be, he should be 0% available. 100%. That's crazy. That's pure craziness. What are people doing? It is. And on Yahoo, like, it's funny that's on Yahoo because Yahoo actually has bigger benches. It's not like ESPN where you have like two bench spots. That's the, and that's what I say is like a lot of people talk about the Yahoo and ESPN difference. And it's like they usually overlap pretty well because where ESPN's default is now three wide receiver, Yahoo is two, but Yahoo has the bigger benches, which offsets the three starting wide receivers. So it kind of balances out. So where would you drop Thielen to? <laughs> waivers <laughs> i'd put him i'd play julio over him oh my god really uh, yes 
I, like, I know Thielen has had that connection with Kirk Cousins for the watch. Now he's going to score two touchdowns this week, and everybody's going to laugh at like, me. Would you, but... play, would you play Olave or would you play Thielen? Now, here's the thing with Olave. Don't think he's going to have uh, 365 air yards ever again. If you watch that game, no. they were pretty bullshit air yards. Like, it was Jameis being like, I don't know what to do. I'm going to throw it deep. Oh, yeah. That's, it was legitimately like just heave it up to wherever Olave is. Here's the difference. Alave, unlike Garrett Wilson, is out there more than the other option. He's been out and running routes and seeing more than Jarvis Landry. He's already in front of him, unlike Garrett Wilson being number three. That being said, at the same time, the Carolina matchup isn't great for their secondary. So I don't have a problem with Alave's rank. All right, so I'll keep Alave at number 54. I'll move at, I guess I would bump him up to number 53. Uh, that will put Theon at number Speaking 50. Speaking of which, air yards? You want to hear something crazy? Just how, like, how they don't, as you can get overblown because what you just said do you know who averaged the highest what is one spot in front of Alave, the most air yards per target in week one or week two Alave was two at 24 something 20 this person at 25 something who just ran go routes the entire time <laughs> he's a rookie rookie oh trail and quarter no his quarterback's throwing five touchdowns in a game <laughs> now I'm trying to think. Is it that Creek Creek guy on Miami? No, George Pickens. Oh, really? Yep. Interesting. The highest, the highest air yards per target in week two. Do you think that we see Pickett after this Thursday night game? I, mm, I think we do. I think we're getting close. I know that Tomlin originally said Trubisky's the starter for 2022. Yeah, he's not. He's fucking terrible. <laughs> We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. That was uh, that was definitively coach speaking, trying to prop up the guy starting. Yeah, I'm with you. I could easily see the switch coming. Tight end rankings for you drafted the guy in the first round. What are you waiting for at this point? I, I, I listen. I'm with you. They probably should just have him. I was so pumped to see. And him. I'm I'm not a huge Kenny Pickett guy. And what the hell are you waiting for? Tight end rankings for <laughs> week number three. That's the week that it is. Kelsey Andrews Waller Ertz Kittle, who I expect to be back. He was a game time decision last week. He should be back this week. Higby, who has the second highest team target share of any tight end in the league. 
Drop down Pitts. Mm -hmm. Like, it's hard to trust Pitts. I'm, I'm not panicked about Pitts, but I think we have to live with the reality of what we're dealing with right now. He's still a start. Obviously, you probably have no other better tight end if you have him. So, number seven, Hawkinson, number eight. Dallas Goddard, number nine. Pat Fryermuth is actually third in terms of yep. total team target share of any tight ends. Not that that means much when your quarterback is the absolute worst, but here's where we're at with Pat Fryermuth. <laughs> and then you have... Who do we have after this? Uh, Hayden Hurst, Logan Thomas, Evan Ingram, Tower Conklin, Juwan Johnson, Gerald Everett. Basically, my entire pickup list at tight end off the waiver wire. <laughs> 11 through 16. Knox, Kasicki, Tunyon, Isaiah Likely. Uh, my my grandson, Kyle Granson, and Irv Smith are 21 and 22. I don't mind them as much, but like you're just playing with a touchdown with all these guys. And when you get to that like Hayden Hurst area, I actually think as long as CJ Uzma is out, Tyler Conklin is like a very respectable 10 point PPR. I still play. I still play Jared Everett over him though. I, I just think that Parham is going to be back. And like that mm, will, okay. well, I mean, that, I mean you can say as much as you want about that, it. not putting a dent into him, but it will. Oh, it will. hundred percent. That that's where it comes down to is Everett. If there's no Parham, I would actually play Everett all the way up by Goddard. If there's no Parham again, uh, I just want to bring up the fact Pat. You hate him. Evan Ingram I know. almost made your top 12. <laughs> I know. I, I mean, if, if people uh, checked it out, I, I put out the tweet thread about like different tight end stats that were coming out and just, you know, there's like three loser tight ends who are inside the top 10 of 17.6% team target share. Yeah. It's not even that it's, it's like the number of routes that they're running per drop back. It's Juwan Johnson, Juwan Johnson, Evan Ingram. And there's another like absolute scrub tight end who's up there. And it's Tyler like, Conklin. Well, they're running routes like that. That's good for fantasy. Conklin. Conklin's in front of him. Conklin, running routes. That's who it is. Yeah. So Conklin's sixth in running routes right now for tight ends. That's insane. <laughs> Schultz was number one before he got hurt. Yeah. So if, if people are wondering where Dalton, who is the backup for them? Like, is it worth picking up a Ferguson? It, but is it worth like picking up and playing or just like, nah, nah, it's he's raw. So I, I think uh, there was like, it's funny, like Go ahead. we we just hit all the sleeper tight ends of the week. Like if you want to pick them up, that's this is the order that I prefer them in: Hurst, Thomas, yeah. Ingram, Conklin, Juwan Johnson, Everett. Like those six, they're available. <laughs> Do you know who's twelve? So Cole Komet's twelfth and route percentage. Do you know how many targets he has on the year? Two. Yes. <laughs> Man, I I listen. I get so much wrong that I really I'm really feeling oh. myself on. Bear <laughs> Don't draft Darnell Mooney. Don't draft Cole Komet because they're terrible. Oh my God. This is this is as bad as it could have been for anybody out there. I mean, he's barely behind Kyle Pitts in fantasy points. So he <laughs> he has zero fantasy points for the weighted opportunity for him is still only 1.2. <laughs> That's insane. <laughs> Oh my God. Uh, are you buying into Gasicki being somewhat startable again? Cause I'm not really. No, no, I'm not. It's just, it's, it's going to be, it's, he's basically new Durham Smythe and new, um, who was the other jabroni tight end that always randomly caught one for the dolphins that pissed us off when he caught it instead of Gasicki. Shaheen. Yeah. Adam Shaheen. I knew his first name started with an a, that's just what it was. That was and two of the basically was uh, I kind of think too, I was trying to throw it into the stands and Kasiki just stopped it from getting there. Oh, so it's just like the catch. Yeah, exactly. Hey, sometimes you throw it high enough like that. that that's the old Mike Evans, the Jameis to Mike Evans move. It'd be like, no, Jameis is just oh, trying to God. throw that away. I'll just throw it as high as I can <laughs> towards Mike Evans and maybe he'll jump up and catch it. And maybe, yeah, that was it. Matthew Stafford and Carl Gallen Johnson for all those years. Just heave it up. Who cares if he's triple covered? He'll come down with it. I'm with you. Uh, if you were trying to trade for Kyle Pitts right now, what would you offer up? Mm, a fringe wide receiver two or three and a fringe RB two three because people are panicking. Like I, I, I judge it off like the majority feel that I get from my comments in my waiver column. There are a lot of people out there just outright pan. I had somebody say, "Should I drop if I can't drop anybody else?" So I dropped Pitts to pick up Everett. I'm like, <laughs> "What the hell did you draft him for then?" I'm not coming for that person because there's multiple people that are worried, but that's where I get my like, Hey, what would you offer? I would try to go get Pitts. I would try to get Derek Henry. I would try to get Elijah Moore. I just go get these guys. Cause people are on full on panic. How about Brandon Ayuk for Pitts? I would do it. I would take Pitts, but like, do you think that's enough? Yes. I think that's enough. Jacoby Myers. <laughs> Michael <laughs> Carter. Could do it. 
I think you could pull off the Michael Carter. Cordero that, Patterson? That, I'd rather send Patterson. I mean, I would rather send Patterson too, but I mean, I, I feel like it's that tier of player. Hey, listen. Yeah. Well, I, I guess it works one of two ways because when it comes to trading, obviously every league is going to be different. Like I, I know in my keeper league, I have Kyle Pitts. I'm not too worried about it because I mean, I mm-hmm. didn't draft Cole Komet, so that, that's positive news for me. I do think that he's <laughs> going to turn it around. You talk about the routes run. The target share is going to be there. And I do think that we're going to see a huge shift. Like, if through the first two games between New Orleans and the Rams, teams were focusing on taking Kyle Pitts away. That's why Drake London is getting all these targets. Not that he's not good, but teams are treating Pitts like he is the wide receiver one. They It's almost like you talked about with the uh, cup situation week one with Buffalo and what Miami might try to do to Diggs is, hey, let's just allow this guy to do whatever they want. We'll, we'll lock him down with this guy and really make an emphasis to take out this part of the field. Let this other one guy try to beat us. And I don't think that he can. Yeah. That's but that's going to change correct. if London yeah. keeps getting... 200 yards a game <laughs> exactly and this was the that was the offset concern of kyle pitts it's just you know what what if he gets the number one but we said that about other wide receivers too and that's where the parallel comes in because we should essentially be treating kyle pitts like a hybrid wide receiver yeah so if you can get your like wide receiver two low end high end three someone who just had a good try pick up garrett wilson you know you know kyle what this pitts. compares to what's that you know what this compares to remember my boy travis fulgham when he showed up for the eagles that year and he was just going bananas and everybody's like and i i was one of the first people to say it i was like wait until people start treating him like the number one because it's going to go downhill and so it's the converseness of that converseness i just what the hell i'm talking about here the other side of it is kyle pitts is getting that right now not that kyle pitts isn't on another stratosphere of talent compared to travis fulcom but i'm just re-emphasizing the point that you're making here the attention that he's getting is the problem quarterback rankings for week number three uh josh allen lamar jackson patrick mahomes jalen yurts Kyler Murray, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, if he plays, I have at number seven. I did give him a bit of a ding here because he might have like broken ribs, but we'll see. Carson Wentz, number eight, Matt Stafford, number nine, Tom Brady, number 10. I'm starting to get worried about Brady a little bit more on that in a second. Then we got Kirk Cousins, Joe Flacco, Marcus Mariota, Derek Carr, Trevor Lawrence, Trevi, Matt Ryan, who I think is in a nice bounce back spot here, but maybe that's more of a DraftKings play than your season long, but just everyone is so out on Ryan, myself included, that he throws for 400 yards and four touchdowns this week. That's just how this works. Russell Wilson, <laughs> bad matchup for Russell Wilson. I'm not out on Wilson, as you kind of said earlier, but I am out until they kind of figure this out. This it doesn't feel matchup. like the Niners D is a great spot. Tannehill, Mac Jones, Jimmy Garoppolo. I could have, I have Jared Goff at number 21. I suppose I could have him 15. Higher. What's that? I was already looking, put him at 15. I love Trevor Lawrence. You know that. I don't like Trevor Lawrence in LA against that defense. I wouldn't knock Trevor Lawrence outside. Like I'd keep him at 16, but Jared Goff at this point is doing Jared Goff what he was doing with the Rams days and against Minnesota. Yeah, I'd, I'd play him over Trevor Lawrence. All right, done. Jared the goof, number 15 in the one spot ahead of Trevi. One spot behind Derek Carr in the quarterback rankings uh, of the streamers. Like, let's talk about Brady for a second. He's been God awful. Uh, he doesn't have Evans yeah. or Godwin this week. Maybe no Julio. That's the problem. It's a real problem, but I don't know. I think I just feel like he's going to light up the pack. Like we just saw Minnesota light up the Packers defense. The Bears should <laughs> have tried to do that, but couldn't. It almost feel like I thought the Packers defense was going to be awesome coming into the year, they're objectively not awesome. You can run all over them. You can pass all over them. You can do whatever you want. This feels like a, a classic Brady final two seasons in New England game this week where it's just dink and dunk to death, and it's going to work. It, well, that, and that's the thing with what happened with Russell Gage. So if he attempts 40 near, like 35, 40 passes, sure, that would be my concern is that they lean on Lenny a little bit too much. But I'm not concerned Tom Brady long term. I could see if people want to stay away from him for one more week. Uh, but – Again, you know what? I would play Jared Goff over Tom Brady for one week. So it's more or less we have to move Tom Brady down from number 10. Yeah. Would but you know? I, see, that's the thing. Like, are you, I know you have Mariota there. He's not been bad, but I, 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 couldn't, I couldn't pull that trigger, especially the Seahawks game that I'm talking about. It's still, I just don't expect a lot of plays in that game. No, but Mariota's going to run. That always helps. I know, but I, I don't know if I could. I, I could not pull the trigger of benching Brady for Mariota. Could you I would never want to watch. Could, could you bench Brady for Flacco, who's going to throw it 98 times this week? Mm. <laughs> no i couldn't so just i'd rather Cous- i'd rather eat the brady in my lineup than watch him put up 30 on my bench so move cousins to 10 brady to number 11 then 
Unless you want to put Jared Goff in I, I don't want to put Jared Goff in <laughs> Let's go. Let's pump the brakes a little bit. <laughs> Where does Jared Goff rank on the season at quarterback, by the way? Number eight, I think. Is he? See? I believe so. Jared Goff. I, I think the goof. The goof. As you would say. Hey, I, I'm playing in that like... Uh, yeah, he's, <laughs> eight and nine are Goff and Flacco. <laughs> that's great. What's Wentz? Two? Wentz is five. Wentz actually, t- is actually tied the with one Tua. I believe in the most of all those guys for fantasy production. I think he's terrible, like legit terrible, but that doesn't matter in fantasy. Like I want him to throw 35 picks because he'll throw the picks like Jameis in the first and second quarter. And then that forces him to throw the ball 50 times. It does. Like Aaron Rodgers is 28. Yeah, that's not <laughs> shocking. Mac Jones and Mitchell Trubisky are in front of Aaron Rodgers right now, <laughs> which is is insane to think about. Mac Jones also might suck, by the way. Oh, no kidding! The amount of dropped interceptions P- Pittsburgh had in that game of balls thrown—I think the balls were thrown too directly at the defenders that they just weren't expecting the ball to be there. <laughs> was that, that was the? It's just like, well, wait, I wasn't expecting this to come my way. Yeah, but Daniel Jones had like three of them too. I know. Daniel Jones legitimately threw one like directly to the Panthers defense. Yeah, well, I, I, we broke that down. If people haven't tuned into the Sunday night recap show, it's live uh, after the late games before Sunday night football. It's a fun watch. A lot of energy on that show, but we went over it. It was that play where Jones should have thrown the pick six because the corner just immediately jumped the route. And then on the next play, they converted the third down to Sills, Sills V, and then he ran back behind the sticks and they didn't get the first down. <laughs> Sills the fifth, yeah, Sills V. I thought it was Kenny uh, Stills for a second when I saw it. Did I you? Like, I was like, good lord, how old is Kenny Stills? <laughs> Their top three wide receivers is David Sills, Sterling Shepard, and Richie James. What is going on with Kadarius Tony? She's buried. But like Galladay is-, is legit buried, but why isn't Tony playing? Because he's whatever the coaching. This is what we talk about all the time. New coaching staffs have no ties to the old players. They're not their guys. I think there was a report this morning that even said that you know, the team Dable and the team are playing their guys. Well, you guess who aren't their guys? The one that was just drafted last year. You want to talk about everybody crapping all over the Eagles for not taking Justin Jefferson with Jalen Rager? Go back to last year's draft and ask the Giants that they redo that Tony pick. Who went right after? Of multiple wide receivers that they could have taken. You could probably go five deep. We feel like it's just Kadarius Tony is at best case scenario. Kadarius Tony was probably like Percy your Harvey. boy, Cole Beasley. Percy, oh, Percy Harvin. Yeah. 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 Defenses for the week. We got, let's see here. Browns. Number one against Trubisky. Got to go with that one. That's a nice one. <laughs> Bills, Bengals, Steelers, Chiefs, Rams, Eagles, Cowboys, Saints, and Bears are my top 10. Um, I mean, I talked about like the Eagles. I talked about a little bit earlier at number seven. I was thinking about sticking with the Ravens in that spot, but the more the week went along, I didn't like the Ravens as much. Uh, the 11 through 19 sort of range of these are Houston, Tampa, Chargers, Falcons. Falcons is tough based on what we talked about, but we'll see. I've just like, they've been scoring a ton of fantasy points so far. Denver, San Francisco, same game. The Jets. Carolina and Seattle. I'd probably have Baltimore at number 20 if people were going down that list a little bit more. Is there any sort of sleeper defense that you like a lot? Because the, the issue with it right now, and the reason that I have the Jets on this list, because Cincinnati's offensive line is bad. Like just target teams that have bad offensive lines. That is, I mean, we try to overblow like good yes. pass rush versus pass attempts, but just if a team has a bad offensive line, they can't block, they're going to get sacked, they're going to commit turnovers, the other team's going to score fantasy points. Let's make it that easy. The issue is, only two weeks into the season, it's hard to get a good gauge on the numbers of who actually sucks on the offensive line. Like you can say Cincinnati sucks, right? That's what we've witnessed. They played, what was it, TJ Watt and Micah Parsons. Well, they're not playing anyone of that caliber this week with the Jets. No. So, yeah, you look at somebody like that. You have Dallas inside your top 10 against the Giants because of that. And then trying to think of like, I don't know how much else you're going to go against here because that's what you're trying to do is attack these things. But like a lot of the like Jacksonville now, their offensive line really, I mean, it's all these pieces are coming together when you draft at the top of the draft for multiple years, just like people remember the Houston Astros in baseball after three or four years, if multiple, they start to pile up and you actually have talent. What a surprise. You know, his offensive line looks bad. And I think it'd be a sneaky one this week. Who? Minnesota Vikings that the Lions defense the Lions defense is not good not good uh, yeah, but, but 
Is Hutchinson going to play? Because I saw Dan Campbell because he had three sacks last week. Like he was all. Over. Is he not? Is he not? Gonna, is he not playing this week? I, I don't know. He left the game, but they said it was a Charlie horse. But then they didn't elaborate. Then I couldn't find any more information on it. If he's playing, then yeah, Detroit C might not actually be bad. They they push a pace for a team that wants to run a ton. They run quickly. It's strange. Yeah. That's that's what I'm saying. That 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 kind of falls into the play of the Carson Wentz thing of just going against. But um, but by the way, I was trying to remember who the one in the second round was because I was you were asking about Kadarius Tony because remember Rashad Bateman was in the first round was too. Elijah Moore was Elijah Moore was in the second round. Mm. Oh, and that Amal Rice State Brown guy, he was fourth or third round that year. He went sixtieth because uh, on hard fourth. knocks he listed all the guys that got drafted ahead of him. The 60th wide receiver, he was 112th overall. Oh, was he? That's fourth round. He yeah. probably would have been the 60th receiver. I think half the picks were receivers. Yeah, that's true. So what was he talking about, 60th? I don't know. He was a fourth rounder that hey, year. Maybe I heard it two wrong. Years, it was two years ago. Maybe I heard that. Yeah, but anyway, so they could have taken Bateman. They could have taken St. Brown. They could have taken Elijah Moore. They could have taken – I'm trying to think. There was. Yeah, but how, one, I, I mean, like this, this happens a lot of the time. Like, I was thinking last night when I saw Dick. No, Dick. but they, they picked a, a role player. No, I understand that. But if Tony goes to a different team that's not the stupid Giants, maybe he's better. <laughs> sure, because they're fit, they, they didn't have 800 needs. They didn't need a number one wide receiver. They could have done what they needed to do and said, like, oh, okay. Like, you know what? You know what Kadarius Tony's like? It was like when the Chiefs drafted Miko Hardman thinking Tyreek Hill might be suspended. Yeah. Which made, I mean, Hardman stinks. So I wouldn't worry too much about that. I, it reminds me a lot so of like, Tony. like when people say this, like an ultimate turning point, a win win trade for both teams. They both got superstars. But what if the Diggs trade doesn't happen? Like the Bills might end mm. with Rager. <laughs> yeah. With that pick. That is true. That is true. Like it worked out so well. Like, I, I don't know if Diggs is as big of a superstar. I mean, he was clearly going to pass the one anyway. He had already done that. But is yeah. he as big of a star with Minnesota as Play he now is cousins? with Josh Allen? How much did he help Josh Allen improve into being Josh Allen? Just by, like, there was all the question fit. marks about Josh Allen. You get him this number one guy who runs routes so crisply. Like, not to say that Justin Jefferson isn't a great route runner, but I don't think he's as good as Diggs. I think his physical capabilities are better than Diggs. Like, if you're trying to compare two elite wide receivers but the fit of digs on buffalo was perfect and weirdly the fit with jefferson and cousins is actually perfect as well does it work the other way i'm sure they both be fine but would they both be as good i don't know no and i could see why the giants were trying to do the tony thing but you could have done the bateman instead and still gotten a very similar profile for trying to get something out of daniel jones who has problems throwing to coverage and that type so i i get i get get where you're going with all this it's the chicken or the egg that's what you just made you made the chicken or the egg argument pat I like chicken more than eggs as a meal. I'm with you. But I do like eggs. I eat, and I eat like three eggs every morning. Hmm. I can't do that every single day. I get tired of eggs if, if I keep doing them every single day. Oh, really? I do not. I mean, I, I feel like it's the, I always like, I usually work out. I drop the kids off at school at like 8.15, go and work out. And if I'm lifting that day, then I'll come home and pound <laughs> eggs afterwards. Did you just flex a flex? Is that what you're doing? Flex a flex? <laughs> yeah. No, you're flexing a flex. No. You're flexing your I, muscle I flex. Definitely, I, I got so out of shape this summer and like with the past two years that like I'm not flexing anywhere. <laughs> I've actually gotten out of shape because, oh, I, I'm doing this hurt, Pat. I'm not on the IR. I actually legit, I tore my left rotator cuff. I haven't been able to work oh, out no. in six weeks. Yeah, how full on that, tear. Just found happen? it. Moving mattresses. Oh, no. I can see like, yeah. right, like are you left-handed? No, I'm right-handed. That's but an even weirder still, one. I, I guess like it's... it's just, I would think like oh, no, overuse I was pulling the mattress the right. like this. It's this. It's this. It's this. Well, no, because <laughs> <When I, laughs> anyway, I got a cortisone shot yesterday, so I'm on the men. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm getting physical therapy too. <laughs> yeah, I can't run, so I'm still dealing with my calf tear. Two, two in two years. That's no fun. So yeah, I'm getting. Oh, look, look at this? both we're, the tears. We're, we're just getting old. It's not. It's not. I fun. know. I know. We all laughed at Sammy Sosa when he sneezed and threw at his back, and it's not so funny when you get to that point. I, I, I have a bad back as well. I once threw at my back taking the clothes out of the dryer, and I fell into the dryer. That sucks. Yeah. Hey, at least, at least you don't have four fractures like Jameis Winston. Hey, he's playing through. He's toughening it out. Because <laughs> he's young. Is he that young? He's younger than us. That's true. Yes, he is younger than us. And he's Maybe perfect. the secret is crab meat. We need to eat more of it. Uh, I know where I can steal some, so we're good to go. <laughs> I, I know a guy who knows how to get full circle. Put it that way. Big <laughs> Sealy at the Athletic at All In Kid on Twitter. Rankings out midnight. Yep. 
12 1 a.m eastern time on wednesdays give people an athletic discount code just go to the rankings because you might yeah you might get the dollar a month but you might get like the dollar every two weeks or something like that sorry like hopefully you get the good one they're both good but hopefully you get the better one so the athletics discount codes are randomized (laughs) some of them depends on in your area (laughs) i like it all right i'm pat mayo follow me at vpme all the ranks links are in the description runthesims.com slash mayo get you that 10% off the newsletter free link is down there as well that's where I track my injury cheat li- cheat sheet throughout the week so if you're ever wondering who's heard I update that every morning or if there is a significant injury and that will determine how the rankings get impacted of who's in and who is out for that a new one comes out on Tuesday evening and it's the way to get your first look at the spread pick show the secret link is in there about 16 hours before the show actually comes out so highly recommend that you go sub to that completely free smash likes out of the channel on the way out i'm pat mayo i'll see you next. Mayo experience. Experience. everyone is talking about magnesium it's all you hear about but why what do we know about magnesium well magnesium is the number one mineral that 75 percent of americans are deficient in If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.